Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Thank the Lord for the opportunity to be here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy sent me a message earlier and said, Be ready. So I got into reading. I got to where I thought the Lord was going to have me to go. I was dead set. That's where I was going tonight. Till I got here. And the Lord said, I need you to do something for me. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I want to mind him. Yeah. This message has been on my heart for about a month. And I delivered it this morning to where I thought that it needed to go. And I believe that it was sent there this morning. But I also believe that it's needed to be sent here tonight as well. So you pray for us tonight. For be chapter 7 of the book of Matthew. And I'm going to start reading there in verse 21. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me, ye that work of iniquity. Therefore, whosoever has heard these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which has built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house. And it fell, and great was the fall of it. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand before you once again tonight, dear Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, you take this word, Lord, and you use it. Lord, you magnify it, dear Lord. Lord, you hide me behind the cross tonight, dear Lord. Lord, that it be about you here this evening, dear Lord. Lord, that you'll be exalted, that you'll be lifted up, Lord. Lord, that if there's a need in the house, Lord, that it'll be met tonight, dear Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, you just move amongst your people, dear Lord. Lord, help us, Lord, to all be obedient under the will of God here tonight, dear Lord. Lord, that if there may be one here lost tonight, Lord, or they may come to that realization, or they may know, Lord, Lord, that you come to die for them, Lord, we thank you for all these things that you've done for us, Lord, it's in your name we pray, amen. amen. So I go back and I want, uh, again, I'll say, you pray for us tonight, Lord, kind of put this on our heart and I thought I was done with it. Usually I'll take a message and if the Lord gives me, I got my notes, I'll take the message and I'll put it up in my old notebook and keep it. Well, I didn't get to do that this evening. The Lord let me just keep this one in my book, in my Bible. And I began thinking as I was reading on this scripture and studying on this and trying to get where God would have me to get on this, that every one of us have a house that we're trying to build. Whether it's an earthly house or whether it's a spiritual house, or you've got something that you're trying to build. As a Christian, you're trying to build on that godly house. You're trying to build on that spiritual house. As a sinner, you're trying to build on the world. You're trying to build on the things that the world would have to offer. You're trying to build those things that you think so importantly that you need, that you want to grab a hold of so bad. But I'm here to tell you this evening that if you'll start building your house upon the rock of Jesus Christ, all those other things will just pass away. You won't have to worry about what's going on in your life. You won't have to worry about the storm. 
storms and trials that come because you have a, a, a rock that will weather every storm, every trial, every heartache that will come your way. That rock will endure those things. That rock will stand solid. No matter what hell comes to your way, that rock will stand and there ain't nothing. No devil this side of hell can take that from you. There ain't nobody can take that peace from you, but you must have that rock. If you don't have that rock, then you're just tossed to and fro and you don't understand what's going on half the time. And I believe that we live in a church age. You know, we've heard from the last revival that we've been in. There's unconverted believers among us. Time and time again we hear that. We believe that. As you read the newspaper every single day, you read of people dying and going home to what the paper says to be with the Lord. Well, I have a problem with somewhat of that because sometimes I know those people that have died. I know the lives that those have lived and I know that it don't line up with what the Word of God tells me. So that tells me they wasn't truly built on the rock of Jesus Christ. They were built on something else. See, now I remember when I was an eight-year-old boy, I was in vacation Bible school at Louisville Baptist Church and I remember the the lesson was going on and I remember some young man in there raising his hand saying that he wanted to be saved. And he may very well have. That's not between me and him. Right, right. But the teacher asked, does anybody else in here want to be saved as well? And almost every hand in that classroom went up, including mine. Because I didn't want to be left out. I didn't want to not be the only kid in there raising my hand. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know that I truly had been lost. I didn't know that there was things going on in my life. I didn't know that I needed Jesus like I thought that I did. See, I was just raising my hand because I didn't want to be left out. So I lived my whole teenage life trying to convince myself that everything was okay, that everything that I was all right, that I, no matter what happened, that I was going to die and go to heaven. Knowing the whole time, deep down in my soul, that there was something wrong there. There was something that wasn't right there because I could go out and I could live just like hell itself Monday through Saturday and I could come to church on Sunday morning and everything was all right. See, Satan had me convinced there that everything was all right. Because he knew what he what he had given me a house. Satan had given me a house to live in, and he was perfectly content with me living in that house. Because he wasn't he wasn't worried about what I was doing. Because there wasn't nothing in my house that was glorifying God. I may have showed up to his house on Sunday morning, on Sunday night, maybe even occasionally on a Wednesday, but I lived like hell itself Monday through Saturday. Yeah. And there ain't God ain't in that. Yeah. That's right. Amen. So I want to ask you this evening to search your heart. Maybe you're here. Maybe you thought a long time ago that you got saved. But maybe your life ain't adding up to what you to what you see some of the others have. There's no shame in admitting that you're wrong there. There's no shame in coming to the altar and getting things right with God. There's no shame in accepting Jesus Christ tonight. The shame is that you'll turn Him away tonight and not listen to the call that He's beckoning on you. Not begging you tonight and bidding you to come. Begging you to get saved tonight. You're not listening to that. He's begging you tonight to come. I believe that with all my heart. I sat there and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, you're going to have to make it plainly clear what you want me to do tonight. I don't want to stand up and do what I want to do. I don't want to stand up and preach this same message again if it's not needed again tonight. And then Brother Zach requested the song, Rock of Ages, Keep My Soul. And I said, Lord, okay, I understand what you're wanting here tonight. You just give me the opportunity and I will go for you if that's what you want. See, Isaiah 28 and 16 says, Therefore there is, saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation that he believeth shall not make haste. 
1 Corinthians 3 and 11 said, For no other foundation can man lay that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. See, I tried my best to lay foundations in this world. I tried real hard to drive my tent stakes real deep in this world. I tried my very best to give this world everything that I had. I tried my best to live for the world every single day. I drank, I cussed, I smoked, I did all those things that, that, that was unfit to God, that God had no business being in. And all the time me saying, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm living the right life. Knowing that I truly hadn't been. Knowing that I truly wasn't saved. Amen. But I say that because I, I give the world the very best that I had. I tried every day to give it more and to give it more. I give myself more of the world every single day. And you know what? Every single day I found out that the world let me down. Yeah, the world was never good enough. Yeah, there was something always missing there. I tried everything to fill that void in my heart. I tried drugs. I tried alcohol. I tried all these things to make me feel good. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. For a little while it worked. I can feel those voices. I can make those things last. I can make those things work for a little while. And I believe that there's some others here that can testify to that same exact statement. That they've been in that shape. They've been in that spot where, hey, we thought that we needed this. We thought that this is what would take care of us. This is what would get us through to the next day. I'd get in that shape and I'd wake up the next day and I'd feel absolutely awful. I'd be absolutely miserable not knowing what happened the night before, not knowing what in the world I had done. Because I wasn't founded on the rock. My house had been built on the sand and it was constantly washing away. It was constantly just going farther and farther away. I sat talking this morning, some of you know where we live. There's a big dirt bank right beside our house. And every time that it rains, that mud washes down the hill. Every single time it rains, it'll just cover the driveway and get all muddy and get all dirty there. But you know what's under that mud now? There's rock under that mud. So when the rain comes, it'll eventually wash it off. That rock will still be solid standing there. It don't go nowhere. It stays there in the driveway. So when all that stuff washes down the hill, I ain't got nothing to stand. All that sand washes everything away. There ain't nothing in there. But when those storms come and those trials come nowadays that I face... See, there's a difference now and then. I used to, when I something wouldn't go my way, when I had a rough week at work, when I had things that didn't go the way that I wanted to go, I'd run to the bottle. And I thought that I'd get some peace there. I thought that that would take care of everything. Now I don't have to run to the bottle. Now I run to the road. And He hides me. He hears me. You know that rock that I'm talking about? He cares for me. He cares for every need that I have. Even the needs that I don't know that I have. He's already seen them afar off. And He's making a way for those things. Because He loves me. But that building don't come without a cost. That's right. That's right. There was a great price that was that's paid right. for that rock. The most expensive yeah, rock that's ever been formed on this walk of life. The most expensive rock that you'll ever see. And I'm referring to Jesus Christ. It cost him his life. He was perfect. He was, he was the Son of God. 
See, we had tried throughout the Old Testament. We had tried for years to find something that was just going to be good enough. That would just be a good enough sacrifice to get us reconciled to God. See, the day that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, we were disconnected with God. Right then, that very instant. It didn't take some big work. Right then, when we disobeyed God, we were disconnected from God. See, so we had been trying from the beginning to get reconciled to God. We have been trying everywhere in the world to find something to get us back. Whether it be bulls or goats or totodos or whatever that they've tried to sacrifice they tried everywhere in the world to do those and you know what they couldn't find anything good enough so God I believe looked over and said I don't believe how do you ask him I believe you already knew I believe God looked over at his son and Jesus said Lord yes dad I'll go I'll go that I may be reconciled to those people I'll go that they may have that opportunity to be born again see there and he come he was a perfect man. He was the best man that's ever walked alive. You think something we look we live in a world that thinks that hey, we're good people. We do good things. We're, we're you know, we give them we give to the charities, we do all these good works. But their heart's still wicked. Yeah. This man that I'm talking about, there was not a wicked bone, not a wicked thought, not a wicked imagination, one that he had. His only desire was to see folks saved. He come and he and I believe that he lived on the streets day in and day out, just going and preaching the gospel. Going didn't have nothing like we have here on this walk of life. He didn't have the finest cars, the best houses. He forsake all of those things and turn them away to go out and tell people who he was. Because he was the rock that was able. He was the sacrifice that had finally been sent that was able to deliver the people. And yet we don't want it. We say, I don't need it anymore. The world has everything that I want. You're in for a rude awakening. One day, one day when that fire comes, and it says here, let me find just a second, it says 1 Corinthians 13 and 3, it says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort that it is. There's a fire coming that's going to determine whether you've been saved or not. There's a trial coming that's going to put you through things. Not because God wants to see you in heartache. Not because God wants to see you in trouble or in turmoil. But He wants to know that it's real between you and Him. There's things that I have to endure. There's things that I have to go through as a Christian now that I never once had to go through. That I never thought that it's something that I would have to face. I never thought that it was something that I needed to go through. But now I look at those things and that's a fire to prove, to, to purify me, to get the things Amen. out of my life that don't need to be there. For Him burning the things Amen. out that don't have any business in my life. See, and that's also part of the cost of building for a Christian. You're going to have to let go of some things. You're going to have to let some things slip away. You're going to have to let some things pass away that you don't have no business being a part of anymore. But if you'll start building that house, God will bless you. God will bless that house. God will bless the building that you he'll put the time, he'll bless the time, he'll bless the effort that you put into those things. Amen. Why? Because he wants you to draw close to him. He wants you every single day to live closer to him than you did the day before. Do I? Lord, help me. No, I fail more and more every day. It seems like He's constantly revealing to me where I fall so short. But I also know that I've got a rock that when I fail, I can cry out to. And He hears me. 
He'll pick me up. He'll dust me off. He'll put me back on my feet again. And I told you all that about being eight years old. To tell you this, again, I lived a hellish life from the time I was eight to the time I was 28. Doing exactly what I thought that I wanted to do. Living the way that I wanted to live. You know, I never considered myself a bad person. I never considered the things that I was doing hurting anybody else. I thought it's just affecting me. It's just affecting the walk that I have. The things that I do. The day after I got saved, and more and more God started real revealing to me that, hey, those things that you were doing, they affect all those around you. Oh, yeah. They affect what you're going through. They affect what everybody else is going through. Oh, yeah. You say, well, preacher, I just don't believe that. I don't believe the troubles that you go through. I don't believe the trials that you go through can affect my life in any sort. Biblically speaking, there was two men threw in jail for preaching the Word of God, for going out and doing God's business, being about God's business, as willing to go out and do exactly what God had commanded them to do. And they got through in jail for that. See, we're not facing that yet. We're not to that spot in America yet where that's, that's what's going on. And we may get there, I don't know that. But if we get there, how many of us are going to be willing to stand up, willing to preach, willing to teach, willing to testify about who God truly is when it comes down to it? I believe that if you have that solid rock that you firmly are built on, that you won't have a choice but to stand. He won't let you cower down. He won't let you back up. He'll tell you that He'll give you something that's worth fighting for, and He'll put you on the fire line, and He'll make you go. I believe that. Amen. Be precious. But I also believe that there's a lot of people that's going to be exposed in those days. There's a lot of people that's not going to really come down to have what they think that they have. And again, I'm not telling you all that tonight to make you feel bad, to hurt your feelings, to think, make you think that I'm somebody better than you because the Lord knows that that's the least thing from my mind. I'm telling you my story about how I was deceived, about how I thought that I had been saved for years and years and tried to live a good life. Knowing that I was bound for a devil's hell. Knowing that I couldn't make it out alone. Knowing that if I died, I would have ended up in hell. I remember I was, like I said, 27, 28 years old. I started occasionally going back to church here and there. Going back in and out. Now now that y'all know Brother Bill, Brother Bill was moved down here as a pastor down here. So I started going just time and time again just to see Bill, just to see Sammy, just to be part of it with them. Well, I remember sitting there on August 30th, 2014. I remember sitting beside my best friend. And I remember the Spirit starting to move in that place. And I remember them getting up singing a song about do you know how it feels to know you've been changed. And I remember a little woman getting up and being obedient to God and walking around the whole church shaking hands asking, do you know how it feels? Do you know how it feels to be changed? And I'm thinking the whole time... I don't rightly know what she's talking about. I don't know what it feels like to have that peace. I don't know what it feels like to have that comfort. But I sat there and by the time she made it, Sammy had done hit the altar and give his life to God. And my first thought instantly, Satan moved in and said, that's it, you have no friends, you ain't going to be able to do anything else anymore. You've lost your best friend. And that kept me from going that morning. Because I should have been right there beside him because I was lost, lost as I could be that morning. So I ran from that. I got up, got out of there, and I was out of there. I did, you didn't see me for a month. 
Because I was hiding from God. Because that was the first time in my life that I can truly say that I knew how lost that I was. See, and I did the wrong thing. I ran from God instead of running to God. I tried those that next month. I tried even harder to fill myself with the things of the world. That I may get rid of that feeling that I thought that I had. That I may get rid of that thing that God was telling me. And I tried everything. Everything. Nothing worked. It didn't even bring me any peace anymore. Yeah. I was always unhappy. I was always dissatisfied with the things that I was trying. <laughs> September 28, 2014, I went to church because Sammy was getting baptized. I thought, I want to be there for that. That's my best friend. You know, I need to be there for that. That's a big life experience. Even though that I knew that I was lost, I was just going there to support him. Had no intentions on getting saved that morning. Yes. But you know, probably about the 10, 30, 11 o'clock hour, they got up and that same song, <laughs> the same song that they sung that Sammy got saved on was a song that they started singing again. And I thought, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Because instantly Satan moved in. Yeah. Instantly Satan moved in. I said, hey, you remember when you were eight year old? Well, you got it. You got it. You don't need to go up there. You don't need to make a profession. You're just not, you're not listening to what you're saying. You don't need that. Because he was trying to see because he knew God was working. He knew God had showed me that I was lost. He knew that God was trying to get my attention. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. I was sitting there. I didn't know what in the world to do. I didn't know whether to move. I didn't know whether to stay there. All I knew was I felt like I was about to have a heart attack. I felt like my chest was going to explode. It was beating so fast I didn't know what to do. And about that time, Brother Bill stepped out from around the pulpit. He didn't tell me he was coming my way. I already knew. I already knew what he was doing. I already knew. He came to me and he hugged my neck and he told me that he loved me. Before he could let me go, I pulled him back in and I said, Bill, how do you know that God's truly dealing with you? How do you know that it's real this time? See, I've been through those motions before. I needed to know this time that it was true, that it was right, that I wasn't going to be deceived no more. I needed to know that it was real. He said, son, if you could ask me that, you already know the answer to that question. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember how I said it. I remember standing up and ending up on the altar and giving my life to the Lord. I remember coming to myself, sitting on the front pew, just crying. Big crocodile tears because my life then had been rearranged. It had been changed. I then knew what it felt like to not have to worry about death. I then knew what it felt like not to have to worry that I was going to die and go to hell. Because again, I tell you, that whole month I was scared to drive. I was scared to go to work. I was scared to do anything because I knew in my heart that if I died, I would bust hell wide open. And I didn't want that. But again, I ran from it. He gave me the opportunity a month prior and I ran as far as I could away. I tried everything that I could do to get away from it. But did you know what I found? I couldn't get away from it. He come to me when I'd been drinking. He come to me when I'd been doing other things. He come to me and said, hey, you remember what I showed you? You were lost. Yeah. He tried. And again, there's probably been multiple times in that process of where God revealed Himself to me and I just turned Him away. Didn't want no part of it. But that day, I believe, was my last call. 
I believe that it was my last opportunity. The life that I was living, I wasn't going to make it much longer in the shape that I was in. I wasn't going to make it much longer doing the things that I was doing. I wasn't going to make it. I just wasn't. I believe that. But God seemed fit one more time to give me one more opportunity to say, Hey, this is it, son. Do you want it or do you not? Do you want to turn it away? Do you want to leave out of here the same? Or do you want to see that your whole life can be changed? Do you want to see that everything's different? See, in that day, that day I got that rock. It wasn't some big magical work that I had to do. See, Jesus did all that. He paid that price for me. He gave me that opportunity to be saved. All I had to do was come up here and pick it up. See, that was the condition that had to be made. It was I had to move. He's not going to make you move tonight. He's not going to tell you that you have to come. He's going to make you wish that you would have. And I'll tell you that. Again, because I've been there. From experience, I've been there. In that sense where I should have moved a long time ago. I missed a lot of things in my life because I wasn't obedient to God. But now I have that rock. And I can cry out to that rock. When troubles come, when heartaches come, when that storm comes, it's going to try everything in the world to knock me off of my pedestal, to knock me off of my foundation. You know what? It can't. The siding may get ripped off. There may be a leak in the roof. But you know what? That foundation is solid. And it will not be moved. It will not crack. It will not give in to the tempest of the world. Amen. Do you have that rock this evening? Do you have that assurance knowing that everything's going to be okay in your life? I shared this this morning, and I have never seen this in this light before. But the Lord gave me this thought as I was reading this scripture. You have all heard of the, the old kid's story, the children's story of the three little pigs. There was three little pigs. All three of them built a house. The first little pig built his house out of straw. And the big bad wolf, I want you to realize, the big bad wolf being Satan here in this instance, the big bad wolf said, hey, the first little pig thought he was safe in that house. He thought nothing could get to him because he took his time and he built his house out of that straw. He thought that he was okay, that he was content. That big bad wolf showed up and knocked on the door and said, hey, you let me in. You let me in, I'm coming after you. He said, no, you ain't coming in. You ain't getting in this house. And the wolf, Satan, said, you watch. You watch me. I'm going to try it. I'm going to give everything that I can to blow it down. I'm going to give everything I got to destroy your house. And the the, the book said that he huffed and he puffed and he blew the first house down. The little pig ran out, ran to his brother's house because he thought his brother's house may have been more secure than what his house was. It was built out of sticks. Didn't take very long. Satan showed up at that door too. Let me in. I'm coming for you. I want you. I desire to have you. Now, you ain't getting in here. You can't get in here. We built this house out of sticks. It's solid. It will not be moved. He said, well, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow it down. And you know what? He blew that one down too. There was a third brother. That built his house out of brick. And we'll use that brick as a representation of the rock. They all ran to that house and said, Hey, and again, it wasn't very long. Hey, 
I want the three of you. You in there, I desire to have you. I desire to drag you to hell with me. I desire to make you one of mine. I desire that you won't get that salvation. See, with that third little pig was smart. He had built his house on something that couldn't be moved. I believe that old wolf and that old devil, he tried everywhere in the world to huff and he puffed. He put everything he had into blowing that house down. He put every effort. He's still trying to blow it down today because he can't blow it down because it's built on the rock. It's built out of a solid foundation that he could not not get into. He could not work through. He could not, no matter what he did, he couldn't get through that brick. Amen. So they were saved because they built their house out of the rock. Just like your life here tonight. Satan is knocking at your door. Saying, hey, I want you. I desire to have you. I desire to drag you to hell with me. And again, I know this is not easy to preach. I know people don't like to hear these things. And I know that, but it's important. It's important for you to realize Satan's standing there beating and blowing and huffing and puffing at your house tonight. At 726 on a Sunday night, Satan's beating at your door saying, hey, I got you. I got you right where I want you. Don't you listen to that man that's standing up there. Don't you listen to him. You're all right. You don't need to come up here. You don't need salvation. You've got the world by the tail. You've got everything that you need. Don't listen to him. He's a fool. He don't know what he's talking about. You say, how do you know that? Because I've been right there. I've been in that seat where Satan's knocking and saying, hey, don't you listen. Don't you listen to what the man of God's saying. Don't you listen to what the preacher's saying. Don't you listen to what the songs yeah. are being sung about tonight. Don't you listen to that. Because you don't want none of that life. It'll take your whole life. It'll consume everything that you have. You won't be able to have any fun anymore. You won't be able to have a good time anymore. Again, I'm telling you that because those were things that Satan told me. He told me all your friends are gone. You're going to be stuck in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. You don't want no part of that. It was exactly what he told me. You know, I got saved and I found out that's exactly where I want to be. I want to be in the presence of God anytime I get the opportunity. Whether it's on a Sunday, whether it's on a Monday, a Tuesday, no matter what day it is, if I've got the opportunity to be in the presence of God among God's people, that's where my soul desires to be. So don't let him lie to you in that sense and tell you that everything that that you need is outside of these doors. Because right. there's been times this place, Amen. not any other church, I'm talking about this place, Amen. has been a fortress to me. Yeah. Has been a help to me. It has strengthened me. It has put me, it picked me up when I fell down. And that's what we as a body of Christians need to be. We need to be that solid rock. We need to be that for somebody else. We need to be willing to stand and preach the messages that people don't want to hear. Because, hey, this is important. Your life hangs in the balance here tonight. Right. Right. You're not promised your next breath. You're not promised the next day. Right. And and we've seen that very evident this past week. Visited a woman the week prior. Her life was good. She wasn't sick. But we laid her to rest last Sunday. It can happen to you just the same. Is that a chance that you're willing to take tonight? Is that a chance that you're willing to walk out of here knowing that God's dealing with your heart, knowing that God showed you that you're lost and that you need a Savior? Are you willing to to, to give the world everything that, that you have tonight? 
Are you willing to take that one? That's all it takes is one step. I believe when I stood up that morning, I didn't have to come up here and pray a prayer. I believe that I was saved the real the, the moment that God realized I was coming. I believe He saved me in that very instant. And He can do the same for you tonight if you will allow Him to. Bible says in Isaiah 55 and 6, it says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. I know what I felt sitting right there tonight. I believe He's near somebody. Maybe more than one. I don't know that. But I believe He's drawing on your heart this evening. I want to give you one more representation and then I'm coming to a close. Consider the spider and the beautiful webs that a spider makes. There's some time and some effort put into some of those riding spiders. Some of those things that they make in those webs are absolutely gorgeous or absolutely beautiful creations. But what do we do when we see them? We walk by and tear it right down. They spend all that time, all that effort into something that's just going to be destroyed. That's the way your Christian, that's the way your life is if you don't have God. You're putting all your time and all your effort into this world and it ain't going to matter coming down to the end of it because God's going to wipe it all away and He's going to request, He's going to ask if the blood's been applied. He's going to ask you if you know His Son Jesus. He's going to ask you if your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. See, that fancy web that they weave, it ain't going to be here. We walk through it. All it takes sometimes is just a hand, just your hand walking through it. You can walk through it and you get it all over your face, but it's destroyed. That web is destroyed. And it don't take much. It don't take much to destroy that. Just like it don't take much to destroy your earthly house. But your spiritual house, your godly house, if you are a Christian and you are founded on the rock, it cannot be destroyed. That that fire that will come, it will prove who you are. It will prove that God is is with you, that God abides with you. It will prove to you that you are built on that solid rock. So I ask you tonight, if you want to come and get a song, Gavin, if you will, I ask you tonight, are you founded upon the rock or are you building on the world? If you're building on the world, I pray that God's dealing with your heart tonight. Because hey, I'll tell you, it's not the easiest walk of life, but it's the most rewarding. Amen. Just to know that if I lay my head down tonight and I don't see you here again come Saturday morning or Sunday morning, that I will see you again in heaven one day. Don't turn him away. Don't do what I did. Don't run from God. I'm begging you, run to him. Amen. Everybody wants to sing, join us tonight. I'm like Lenny. I wanted to sing this song tonight. I believe this is the time to do it. For you that need to be saved tonight, or maybe you're not right with God, now's the time for you to get right.